listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've entered back into the studio for episode 258. Welcome back, everyone. What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just uh, go ahead and throw out a happy Father's Day to those who uh, are fathers out there, and a uh, happy Juneteenth to those that celebrate. And if you're white and you don't believe in reparations, go to work tomorrow because we don't appreciate that shit. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, it was uh, actually it was a pretty bomb Juneteenth this year out at Lemert Park, yo, because they've always uh, celebrated it every year out there. But they have been turning it up the past two years. And I got to say, man, that shit's awesome. You see a lot of pretty big names out there because, you know, this area has a lot of popular artists. You know what I mean? It's great to see them all showing up for a free show. You know, that's always a, a nice point of solidarity for the community. But yeah, dude. Uh, so what you been getting into this weekend? Not much. I've been pretty under the weather, so I haven't really, I haven't been able to concentrate to do anything particular of this weekend. So it's been pretty dry for me. I did see the two new episodes of The Boys, but nice. Full disclosure, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. You know, I actually watched a whole bunch of stuff this weekend, so I'll actually save Boys for maybe next time we could talk about that. Um, but yeah, dude, it was it was good. It was good. I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I call it Spiderhead. Um, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, the uh, Chris Hemsworth joint where they're doing experiments on prisoners. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, I found it entertaining. Um, it was mostly in the performances. Uh, the storyline is exactly what you think it is. There's, there's almost, there's really very little creativity that went into the story per se. Um, it's just really well shot and well, and uh, a lot of uh, good dramatic performances. And it's interesting because, you know, you learn this very early on is that they're performing experiments that can control emotions. And so it's interesting to see how these, these actors express their emotions because they're, they're experimenting with these drugs. And of course, everyone expresses their emotions differently. So sometimes they'll have, you know, they'll give the same uh, two different people the same drug and just the, the dramatic uh, difference in expressions that you'll get. I thought it was really cool that the, the actors really went to work on that. Um, Chris Helmsworth, um, Journey Smollett did a great job. Um, I forgot the name of her male lead um, opposite her, but he also did a really good job as well. Um, but yeah, it just, the, the story was way too predictable. It was extremely predictable, man. And and so I got to say that that kind of uh, hurt the overall um, reception for me. But um, Carolina, she really didn't enjoy it because of the predictability at all. Like she was just like, ah, you know, I, it, it didn't catch me. And, and she wasn't impressed by the performances. So, yeah, it, it's it's not a bad movie, I would say. I'd say check it out, but keep your expectations modulated because. There's not a lot of meat on the bones there outside of, you know, the cinematography and the performances. And those can all be critiqued in great length. Um, but the story, any critique is going to is gonna end up being rather shallow because there's just not much there. It really isn't. But, um, yeah, that, you know, that was Spiderhead. I'll give it a solid six. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's watchable, you know, and, and well worth a, a, a 
uh, a gander if you have some time and energy to put into it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I saw Obi-Wan. Did you see that? No, I didn't get to see the new one. This was my favorite episode of the season, so I'm going to wait for you to watch that before, because I want to get your take on it, because I actually found that this uh, this episode pretty much hit on all of the things that I thought were lacking from the ep- uh, other episodes in terms of, you know, like the visibility of the fight scenes was really good. Um, the, I, I thought that Leia and 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 uh, and Obi-Wan's performances, I, I felt them a lot more this time around. Um, I've always been enjoying um, uh, Third Sister's performance, so she's killing it for me. The the dramatic turn um, in this episode was really great. I I I I'm starting to to appreciate the show a little bit more for um, definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to to wrap it on that one a little bit more with you. But um, I also watched Stranger Things, Stranger Things season four. Let me tell you, man, much better than season three. Like significantly better than season three um they got back to you know what people were interested in uh in stranger things for and boy let me tell you they definitely got in touch with their horror aspect this season and even carolina who doesn't have a lot of history with the show was just it it was it was scary it's genuinely scary at points and so she kind of got into it too so yeah i gotta give stranger things season four a uh yeah, a big thumbs up for the first part because it's split into two halves, so it's just the first seven um, episodes. But yeah, gosh, I gotta say though, some of my my biggest qualms is I I'm I'm so out of touch with these teenage storylines. Gosh, man, it's hard. It's hard because these kids don't even act like kids that I would recognize when I was younger. You know what I mean? Like they're just they have no communication skills. And it's just weird because I've known of kids who have communication issues, but just for everyone in an entire group to be incapable of communicating with each other seems like, how did you guys become friends in the first place? If you guys are incapable of... That's just a a, a flaw of modern writing. Yes. Because they don't know how to make the the situation compelling. It's just like, well, what if they just can't tell each other what's happening for like 90% of the season? Yeah, you know, and it's it almost feels like a disconnect between adults writing kids because kids are a lot more verbose than, than you give. Like, they, they very rarely, unless prompted to, keep things inside. You know, kids are very gregarious in that, in that way, especially with their friends, you know what I mean? And these are people who they've literally saved the world going on three times now. So I'd feel like, you know, but yeah, as you said, it's a flaw in the, in the writing. You know what I mean? They, didn't, they, they, they might not know how to, to characterize it, and so they just take a, an easier route where they just clam up. You know, and so, yeah, a lot of the first couple episodes is just waiting for them to stop doing what they're doing and tell everyone what's going on. And so that's no, nah, bro. We're going to play the pronoun game for another five episodes. At least. At least <laughs> now. Nah, but yeah, uh, that's only that's pretty much the only qualm I really have is just like the way that the kids interact with each other. But um, there are some really good performances like the guy who uh, the actor who plays Lucas I really enjoy his performance. Um, Dustin's character, uh, Dustin's actor is amazing. That kid is, he's really good. And his line delivery is is, is pretty top-notch. I got to give it to him. Um, and he's so atypical. He's not your, he, he's not your, um, your, your stereotypical, um, you know, uh, kind of character, period. From his look to his demeanor. Yeah, because he has, he has like this inflappable confidence for somebody who, Nobody would know why he's so confident. You know what I mean? For somebody who, 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 on the outward appearance, 
doesn't seem like they would have that. He brings that to the table, and it's really cool because everyone's always off put by it. Like, oh, okay, Dustin knows what he's doing then. <laughs> let's, let's let him get his chance. But yeah, um, Stranger Things season four, definitely, definitely a, a hit, man. Boy, when I was saying that they hit with the horror element, what they did with the upside down this se- uh, this season is is crazy. The alternate dimension, man, it's just getting creepier and creepier. And I got to give that to them. I, I do uh, appreciate that escalating uh, fear factor that comes with every season. Like it gets it gets deeper in there. And, and Vecna, as a just a character design for that uh, quote unquote demon or monster is is really well done you know that 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 artist who does the 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 makeup and all that stuff on uh, on him must be fucking yeah getting that big bucks i wonder how much they have to pay to license those D &D names like that you know because they be using a lot of references to to uh, licensed material to say the least but yeah dude i guess at this point it's it's a mutually beneficial thing you know D D could always do for some good uh publicities but yeah, man, they went hard on the betrayals this season. Boy, man, it is betrayal hour left and right, man. Like there was like two solid episodes where every scene was just like betrayal, betrayal, betrayal. I was like, whoa, all right. So pretty much going forward, I'm not trusting what anyone says because nobody's coming through on anything. It was it was crazy. I was like, it's getting almost contrite the way that that you just can't trust anybody, you know, like, damn. Um, but yeah, I, I hope it's not just a way of creating misdirection to pad runtime, because that that's it, it kind of takes away from the um, from the uh, the visceral feeling of the betrayal, because, you know, that it, you kind of feel for the characters. But at some point you're like, yo, why do you listen to anyone? Everyone has lied to you thus far. So the fact that this person betrayed you, that should have been your plan A. Okay, so when this person betrays me, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> because nobody is, is clearly willing to come through on their word. But, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, was, kind of, I was kind of wondering, like, mm, you guys could have spread those out a little bit, maybe. <laughs> not, not, you know, just have everyone back-to-back betray them. But in the end, it, I guess it, 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 it serves the plot in that it creates tension for those uh, down moments when it's not, like, directly main storyline uh, related. But yeah, other than that, man, it's really hitting, man. I'm enjoying it. And boy, poor Al, man, that girl, it, it, she's been through a lot of stuff in her life. And uh, I, I can't wait to see how they develop her um, in this uh, throughout the, the course of the season, because she's I think that like the way the character is, is written is, is re- relatively compelling. You know what I mean? And so I'm interested to see where they take her because she's been dynamic as well. You know, she's she's changed quite a bit over the, the seasons. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where she lands um, at the end of this one. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much the long and short of what. I, oh, and I, I, I did watch Miss Marvel. Um, did you catch it? No, no. Um. This was a tough episode for me to watch because it was heavy on the teenage drama part. It was, and and it would have been nice if it just wasn't such a contrite storyline with like zero nuance to it. It's, it was the whole, oh, you're my friend, so you're friend zone, and now I'm gonna go after the super hot guy who's obviously not going to work out, and then I'm gonna realize, oh, this is what. It's just a contrite storyline to to rehash so many times. Um, without at least, you know, changing it up, you know what I mean? Like adding some kind of, of nuance to it. 
and not not that I even know what a creative nuance to that to that uh, would be, but just rehashing it the same way. I'm very much bored of that storyline, but I'm sure that this is for a younger audience who hasn't been exposed to it as much as I have. So yeah, it'll probably hit with them. But yeah, it was it was a slog for me because it was, I, it, it just wasn't compelling because you know where this is going already. You know what I mean? And yeah, so. I'm waiting for them to get back to the whole, you know, and they had a couple of cool scenes where she was learning to uh, develop her powers. And that was that was cool. You know, I did enjoy that. They also did um, touch on some of the really interesting. Well, I found interesting um, gender dynamics going on in her mosque, which, man, I, I'm not sure if that is accurately represented. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if it's accurately represented in that. I'm sure that it does happen in individual cases of mosques. I don't know if it's something that's prevalent. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, the cases of misogyny in the video game industry where it's like everywhere you look, you're hit with a whole slew of cases. You know, I don't know if that's what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, it's it's rough, man. Like, I don't know. I, I As I said, we don't come from a culture where men are allowed to just openly disparage women, in, especially in public. Like, that's not acceptable to us. So to think that in a holy place, you would separate the women based on gender and then neglect the woman's side and then take only maintain the male. It's just crazy. It's like, so wait, you literally didn't go over there to clean the other side for why? <laughs> like, what, what was, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a it's a cultural concept that is very foreign to me. So I don't know. Since I don't, you know, I've never uh, attended a, a, um, a Muslim mosque. I don't know if that's something that is, is prevalent throughout the culture, but if it is, man, that's it's good on them for highlighting it, you know, because, uh, you know, Kamala don't play that. She don't play that. It's equal rights across the board in her book. And, uh, yeah, it was funny because <laughs> she very respectfully speaks up in the in the mosque only, only to be disregarded. And it's like I love her inflappableness. She's never deterred by other people's um, disregard for for things that are important to her. You know, she's very confident. And I really do appreciate that um, from a young woman. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things in the environment that would dissuade them from being confident and strong and 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 outward with their um with their behaviors. That when she can do it and do it mindfully, I like that. I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a, I think that's a very positive character trait to put out there. But yeah, Miss Marvel, um, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm looking forward for when they get back to, um, to the, uh, to the main storyline. But yeah, it, you know, just a little, little bit of slice of life for them, you know, for this episode. But yeah, so there's not too much else that I can get into on that one. But yeah, looking forward to the next episode. But moving on from that, we could go ahead and just jump right on into the topics of the weekend. Um, yeah, we'll start out in gaming, which this one is just, it's just icing on the cake for the already terrible situation that is Activision Blizzard. So for some reason, the federal government is allowing Activision Blizzard to submit their own investigation into the claims against them before they go through and and finalize their investigation i guess to give them some kind of uh uh ability to appeal any kind of claims that the dfch might have found but um yeah 
the fact that this uh, internal uh, investigation returned with literally zero counts of malfeasance on Activision Blizzard's part is just absurd when the federal government has already found them in violation of various labor laws from from um unfair uh union busting to to uh sexual harassment at the workplace to unfair hiring tactics like those are 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 charges brought up and found salient by the government already so for them to internally say nah you ain't find nothing that shit takes balls my g like and and the, the fact that the government even takes that seriously like if somebody is that and and is that disregarding of of their responsibility to be upfront about the things going on in their com- in their company i think that the federal government should reserve the right to to bring up charges on them that is that is insubordination to the to the government statutes you know but the government it's not really here to defend the employees because the fact that they're even allowing them to investigate themselves shows that they are they're very unserious about actually digging deep into the the problems that were uh levied against Activision Blizzard. And that's sad because up until this point it seemed like the federal government was very much attempting to 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 uh to at least address the the employment situations, the unfair empl- uh workplace situations. But now it just seems like the federal government is now that Microsoft's going to buy them is willing to kind of curtail their own investigation and just let Microsoft take it over and see if they do any better, which <laughs> let's be honest. It's, it's not, it's not because Phil Spencer already said that he doesn't want to get in, uh, in, in, um, he doesn't want to get involved with the, that part of Activision Blizzard that he, he, that they are just an owning entity that they are more particularly uh, interested in, in enabling them to create the games that they believe that they uh, are capable of making, which I don't know how people can hear statements like that made publicly and then say, you know what? I'm pretty sure this guy wants to change the culture of the, uh, of the studio. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't, that doesn't fall in line with the statements that are being brought to the table, you know? And so, yeah, dude, I'm just like, ah. it, it, it's such a dog and pony show. It's, it, it's a total farce, you know? And, it, and it's a shame because, the employees are the ones who ultimately are going to suffer from this, you know. Video games, good video games will come from all corners of the market, you know. But good employment, good jobs are hard to find. And the fact that so many of them are 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 stuck and relegated in these companies uh, that'll pay you well only to treat you like shit, that's a rough one, man. That's a rough one. It, it really, it feels like... <sighs> It feels like there's it's still a long road before the video game industry comes anywhere near what it would be, even a stable work environment. Because it doesn't feel like it's a really stable work environment at all with all these acquisitions. And then through the acquisitions, the fact that anyone who's trying to unionize is going to get shifted and moved around, That especially with the huge wave of unionizations that are going on throughout the country, that, that's problematic. You know, you you have Apple workers now. Um, I think it's called uh, Townsend, Maryland, an Apple store just unionized. Which, let me tell you, man, this is this is capitalists. I don't know if it's their worst nightmare, but they're definitely 
uh, kicking in some some uh, whatever plans they have to to try to uh, dissolve union power in whatever ways they can. Because um, let me tell you, the reason why they stomp out unions so vehemently is because of how quickly unionization catches on once it's successful. Once it's successful and people find out there are ways to do it without getting stuck in the the morass of of, of shitty corporate unions, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? And 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 God forbid these these uh smaller unions are actually joining up with larger national uh industry based unions like the uh the wholesale retail um uh, department store workers union, uh, like the, 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 um, the warehouse, the, the, uh, the international warehouse union, you know, these are all unions of uh, the barristers union that, that these, uh, company that these, um, workers that are unionizing in these corporate settings should be linking up with after they solidify their personal unions, because, they're going to need some way to to support themselves if in the uh the wake of all of this unionization uh these franchises start closing down because like Starbucks stores are franchised so it's not for uh Starbucks corporate once the unionization effort moves forward it's not for them to 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 crush it because then they would be breaking the law it's going to be on the franchise owner to 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 um break up the union or stymie it in whatever way he can and to that end a lot of franchise owners don't give a fuck about their franchise it's there to make money and once it's not profitable anymore they're willing to walk away from it at the earliest convenience and so i they need to be able to insulate themselves to to say hey what's going to happen to our jobs if starbucks starts closing franchises you know what I mean? Unless you're part of a greater national umbrella, you're going to have a hard time, you know, organizing uh, your workers in such a way that you guys can obtain a new place of work if that if that uh, avenue is closed to you. So that, that, that's all to say that um, in the video game industry, it's super important that uh, these entities, um, that they don't, uh, get caught up in 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 certain uh, corporate identities because if they centralize their union identity and the corporate identity, it's going to be problematic when the corporations decide to just cut them because they could just cut departments. The thing is, is that they don't have to fire you directly. There are so many ways for a corporation to decide that they don't want to continue your employment that you have to find uh, larger networks to insulate yourself from that happening, you know? And so, yeah, that's that's all to say, you know, Active, Activision's uh, internal investigation, that shit is crazy that the federal government would even allow them to to participate in the investigation of their own malfeasance when people's lives were were, were lost in on the back of this. That's that's just crazy. But it, it doesn't speak well to the to the atmosphere when the federal government's willing to let the corporations do that when the video game industry is poised for so much unionization and that's going to be, I think, hugely um, beneficial to the industry at large, but we'll see, we'll see where that lands us because unfortunately, if, if the union the unionization efforts lose the um, backing of the um, national labor relations board and they start walking away from um, the lawsuits and things like that, that uh, 
that these uh, new unions are are filing, it's going to be a problem because the federal government is a huge part of the power of the unions. It's a huge part, you know? We, it, it's literally the only counterweight that smaller unions have against the, the large corporations that they have to, to deal with. So, yeah, there was, there was that going on. And, of course, in... Uh, with the recent uh, uh, happening of uh, Juneteenth, you have all these uh, video game companies that are that are uh, releasing, you know, their 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 pandering uh, uh, special events and so forth to uh, to gain uh, some some favor with the African American community. And boy, has it been a shit show! Gosh, man, they're so bad at this. They're so bad at this. Yo, Halo Three released one. Um, they released a uh, a skin pack, I believe, or it's it's like a it's a whole palette swap um, for Juneteenth to celebrate Juneteenth. And the uh, if you look through the game files, it's referred to as Bonobo. And it started out feeling super racist, but then they pulled a mea culpa and was like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, that's that's just placeholder text. Bonobo is the name of the of the uh, of the. Um, scripting uh, protocol that they use to add text to things. And the problem is, is that Bonobo is like a 15-year-old uh, uh, extension that nobody uses anymore. And it just revealed all why their games have been having so much issues. Like Halo 3 has been having tons of issues um, with certain technical aspects of it. And it, uh, upon trying to to dispel the the idea that they were being super racist by using Bonobo as a as a naming device for their um palette swap. They said that Bonobo was the name of the extension that they were using. And now that people know that, they can trace all of the the bugs and issues back to Bonobo. So <laughs> back to the extension that they were using. So now it turned from them being super racist to just being completely inept. And it's like, yo, how the fuck can you guys be doing that on Halo 3? Like, dude, it's way past the the, the, the place where you guys should have been using a, a proper mean, extension for this. For me, it just stands to reason. If they didn't change it for Halo 1 and Halo 2, why would they change it for Halo 3? Oh, be- because it was causing problems. Yeah, but if that was an issue before, <laughs> then you would have addressed it before number 3. Well, no, I think the thing is is that it, it's because they were building on top of it too much. And it's a way... It, yeah, no, someone no, no. explained I, it. I got you. It's like using old framework mm-hmm. for new things rather than creating yeah. a new one that would work better with everything that you're using. It's just <laughs> corporate laziness. Yep. And so now the the designers are looking mighty silly because... It, and and it, it was needless controversy. That's the worst part about it is that it was it was a misstep that not only revealed their incompetence, but made them look racist for no reason. And it's like, come on, guys. You can't you can't be tripping over your own feet like this. That's just silly. <laughs> but yeah, you have that one, and then, oh my goodness. Yo, I don't know. Marvel Comics had been doing really good with this whole push for diversity and inclusiveness and all of that. And, you know, I, I thought that they were doing reasonably well. Needless to say, I'm not exactly sure what where they were going, well, I'm I'm pretty sure I knew where they were going with this uh with this holiday Juneteenth what if issue, but boy did it not land! Oh my goodness, it had a uh, it's a uh, Miles Morales what if Miles Morales was Thor? Boy, at, just, let me just put it this way: at one point he uses the phrase "by Odin's fade," and I said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" This nigga said Odin's fade. <laughs> Like, bro, 
like, are they really trying to use African-American vernacular that desperately that they're just going to hold? They, they referred to Asgard as his hood. And I'm just like, yo, my G, what what makes you think that just adding that vernacular to to a, a black character makes it like authentic? You know what I mean? Like, it's not authentic to have somebody who has no connection to that kind of vernacular to have them use it as such. You know what I mean? Like, it's Miles Morales' Thor. He was in Asgard. He would never speak like that. So what? Now all of Asgard is 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 modeled after the hood. Is that what we're saying? Because I'm pretty sure that's not the case. But yeah, it was just like, dude, inclusion and all of this stuff. Like, and and. The worst part is, is that it didn't take long for fans to be like, you know, there was a really good way to do this, you know? Like, there's tons of authentic ways to do a, a what-if or a crossover that doesn't involve pandering the way that they did, you know? And it's just, and it, it, it's sad because, of course, the white author of the, uh, of the comic had to defend himself, and he had to double down. He had to double down. And it's like, bro... You're not even familiar with the terminology you're using. So you you completely unfamiliar with why it's even out of context for you to use the words that you're using. So the idea that you should be standing on it when overwhelmingly it was it's clear, it's clear that this was just a hokey pandering attempt at at shoehorning in African American culture to something that literally even in the even in the what if presence the parts of African American culture that they chose to utilize were completely were completely haphazard. They weren't they weren't even ones that were relevant to the storyline, you know, or or to the character at at all, you know. And it, it it's especially seeing the the way that his language was written, it was just bad, man. It was a bad look, and it, and I don't know why people have to stand on shit so vehemently. Like I get it. I don't think the author meant to be racist. But even if you didn't mean to be racist, this came off terribly. So why he has to, why he feels it's his job. Oh my goodness, man. Ah, yeah. All right, I'm going to ruin one scene from the boys. Uh, uh, oh no, you saw it. You just said you didn't remember much of it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You remember the scene when he was in the fuck, uh, when Blue Hawk was making his apology in the Civic Center. And he, and of course, it starts getting heated because he's being a dick the whole time. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. And then, the, and then someone in the crowd says, Black Lives Matter. And he's like, hey, 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 all lives matter. All lives matter. Soup lives matter. And it's just like, dude, dude, why are you tripling and quadrupling down on this? Like, the, it's so crazy, the idea that you're so ignorant to your own racism or the, the presence of racism in your behavior that... You can't stop and even think about the things that you've done. It's just, it's crazy. It's wild, man. I mean, it's just self-preservation. No one likes being called a racist, so. If you were the type of person to introspectively look at Mm -hmm. it and address it that way, you would have done it anyway. A a long time ago, yeah. Because you are not. It seems more natural that you would instead vehemently defend yourself because a bunch of people that don't know you are shitting on your name online. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. You're right. There, there was just there is no self reflection in the in the actions, and these people are way too late in life for us to expect them to to start 
interfacing with anonymous people online in a mature fashion. You know, it's it's too far gone. Because if they were mature enough to do that, they probably would have. What kills me is like somebody went through letters. You know, that went through publishing. That went through mad people's eyes, and nobody stopped and said, "You sure that's how you want to phrase that?" Like, it don't feel. Well, that's just <laughs> that's just because anybody who would be able to spot that is not, not in a in position to do anything. Yep, to affect that decision. Absolutely, and 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 see, that's where I do agree with. We got to be in the room. You know what I mean? Like, if there's nobody in the room to tell them that, then firstly, they'll never learn that what they're doing is is offensive. Because a lot of people go through great portions of their life without anyone ever telling them that the offensive shit that they do is offensive. And so, yeah, you have to have someone in the room who recognizes that as offensive for you to be able to be notified of, of how that makes other people feel, you know? And, uh, yeah, dude, it's just... And it's the wholesale appropriation of language um, which is it's just different than authentic use of language. You know what I mean? A lot of people think that when you call out appropriation, you're saying that there is no authentic use of this from from people like you. And that's not what I'm saying. You know, I'm not saying that a white author cannot have an authentic use of of um, African-American vernacular. I'm saying this one was not. And if he wants to be that person, if he wants to be that white author that can do that, he needs to try harder. Because if we don't tell him that he's doing it poorly, he's never going to get better. He's just going to be in the same shit, you know? And so it sucks that he's not in a place in in his life where he can learn from the audience. You know what I mean? Take some feedback from the audience. Because it's just, it's just going to ruin, you know, comics that he that he lays hands on. And, and that's a shame because this could have, as I said... The fan, the fanfic that came from this was amazing because they were like, oh, hey, here's some ideas of how you could have done this better. And boy, man, the fan showed him up real bad. I think that's caught part of what made him angry as well is that not only did and the worst part is that most of the people addressed him very respectfully. They were like, we hear you. This felt really awkward and terrible, though, and we don't like this part of the comic that you made. And he just wasn't having it. He was not having it. But, yeah, that, that goes back to you saying, like, this person clearly was not in a place in their life to hear any kind of criticism whatsoever, no matter how well levied against him. Because, yeah, which, go, you know, I'm sitting here talking about the letters and the publishing. And if he's not listening to the people who are going to consume it, he's probably not going to listen to other people critiquing him unless they're controlling the money. You know what I mean? Unless they, they're like, hey, change this or you're not getting paid type of thing. Because I'm pretty sure that's the only thing that motivates people like that. But yeah, so many failed Juneteenth attempts. It's it's pretty sad. But uh, here's a, a fun ongoing trend that uh, I'm kind of behind, yo. In, in Jamaica, in, in the dance hall, they've started a new trend of uh, uh, instead of dancing and whining in the dance hall, you get a couple of bowls of banana. And you see if a gal can peel a banana in the dance hall. <laughs> Ridiculous. Bro, they have a thing where they go, yo, they have some boys rolling dumplings in the dance hall. <laughs> but I love it, bro. Like, fuck it. Those are practical skills, bro. Yo, if your girl can't roll a dumpling and, and, and peel a banana with her nails, then Reggie, should I make it? 
She ever come back to that and that, Bro, yo. what the fuck? <laughs> that is the lowest bar ever, my nigga. Operating a banana for real? Bro. That is the badge of success these days? Bro, God listen. They're looking for women with practical skills because these days, these women don't care about cooking for a man no more. They don't care about that. Oh, man. That shit don't matter, bro. You find what works for you. Who gives a fuck about all the other shit? Hey, <laughs> it's lighting up the dance hall, though. The women coming out and killing it, yo. Yeah, that's what I said. If it works for you, fuck with it. But, like, uh, that's, that just sounds stupid I do prefer fuck. this one than, um, did you did you see the last one where they were pouring Enshore on, on the women? Of course not. <laughs> bro, it was pretty foul. I was like, yo, okay. Reggie, that not that kid. You're pouring Enshore all over the gap. Yo. They were getting a little extra with it. So when they come into the to the uh to the Mr. Lex style, you better can cook. I'm with that one. At least that one is practical. But pouring insure on gal is a waste. You know, people are dead to want to ensure. <laughs> nah, man, but I thought that was funny, man. But I would I don't know. I just think that any departure from what's going on right now in the dance halls and clubs is probably gonna be for the better, cause let me tell you, that shit is I don't know. It, it's dying off. Like the club culture at large, outside of people who are fervently on Instagram, it's not really all that popping. But I guess it's it's for those who are into it. Absolutely. But I, I don't know. I, I would like to find some some nice communal venue things to do that that in, involves some some nice practical skills. Not <laughs> But yeah, dude. I, Listen, the youth in the dance hall, they could be doing a whole lot of worse things. So I, I figured I gave them a big up for this year one because it's the I don't know if it's wholesome, but it's definitely more family oriented. <laughs> I'm not beating up nobody. Dance for hall is not meant to be family oriented. No, it was not. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, other than that, it has been a couple of uh, things running across the, the the news feed. I saw this one. This one was actually it was, it was a mixed bag for me. So Mark Cuban actually started an online store recently, um, and uh, you know it, it's specializing in the sale of generics. So I'm not sure exactly how his um how his patents or how his distribution rights are going to work. But usually generics are hard to find because the um, the pharmaceutical companies lobby to have um, them banned from the market while their copyright is active. And so a lot of generics are only available abroad. I'm not sure exactly what loophole he's using to be able to provide those generic um, medicines in America um, to patients, but not for nothing it's probably going to save a lot of lives because while I do believe that a lot of uh, American medicine is pill pushing, that does not mean that there aren't very real illnesses that we do have some medications to remediate. And it is super important for those medications to be able to get to the people who need them, you know? And unfortunately we do not have a pharmaceutical industry that is designed to uh, to distribute life-saving medicines. It's only our pharmaceutical industry is literally designed to peddle narcotics. They are narcotic salesmen. I mean, if you just look at their numbers, their biggest sellers are things like oxycodone, roxycotton, all of these these high, high, high potency um, narcotics. And so we don't have a pharmaceutical industry designed to distribute 
these these life-saving medicines properly, we have, you know, a, an international narcotics dealer. And so for Mark Cuban to be able to step in and and provide some kind of stopgap to say, hey, well, if you guys aren't going to actually produce these medicines and provide them to people, then I can act as a segue to do that. It's it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it will save lives. Now, I, I, I the one thing I hate about it is that it's going to be used as a, a kind of a. a like a beacon in the light for capitalism, a beacon in the sky for capitalism. Like, look, see what this oh, this billionaire did. The billionaires can save us. They won't save us. They won't. Mark Cuban is a singular moment in time, you know. And who knows what other what other benefits he's gaining from this? And and not to mention, he's not actually doing this altruistically. He's making money on this. Let's not get it twisted. You know what I mean? He's probably making a lot of money on it. He's just not sociopathic you know i i don't think that mark cuban is pathologically insane like most billionaires you know what i mean like most billionaires just wouldn't do it they just wouldn't do it they just there's nothing in they could see the complete open industry that is ripe to 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 be um disrupted with a good online um um business model they'll just see it and be like nah I just don't want those people to have medicine. But Mark Cuban, at least, is not so sociopathic that he would see the open business opportunity, have the assets to 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 uh, to deploy, and then just not do it. You know, thank goodness for that. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm, I'm glad that he is taking that. I I just hope that this doesn't reinvigorate people's in people's minds that capitalism is worth saving or that the billionaires as a class will somehow turn around and save us. Yo, I feel like, I feel like every time capitalism presents that idea, they're literally like fucking you in the ass while they're presenting mm -hmm. that idea. So I don't, I don't think it really will ever take hold with anyone who's remotely a, like intelligent, right? That shit only mm -hmm. works for greedy people. I agree. I agree. Um, unfortunately, they, this country is pumping out more and more people below that line. This is true. You know, and, 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 that, that's the upsetting part, you know, it's because the country is creating conditionable and moldable people and the things in the uh, the things that they're putting in the environment to condition them and mold them are ideas that are only going to lead to their further oppression. You know, the idea that you can be the billionaire, the idea that these this upper class is benevolent, the all of these ideas that they're conditioning people with. Boy, I just hope people are fast learners. Yeah. They're not going to stop anytime soon. Oh, no. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Um, I do think that I, I think that there's going to have to be like a major um, like we're going to have to see like police state shit. You know what I mean? Like. Permanent patrols of militarized police type shit. Once we get there, I think that's going to be the turning point where either we, the people react or it's that's it. That's that is the end of human history, you know, not the uh, not the uh, the the um, the dominance of capital is Fukuyama. Uh, I think the Fukuyama is the name of the author who claimed the end of the end of history was when capitalism dominated the world. Sounds uh, about right. 
Yeah, I think that uh, that was the beginning of the end, for sure. I think that the end of history is when the people actually accept capitalism into their hearts, the way that, you know, as a global thing, the way that Americans have. You know, once once the, the entire globe sees the world the way America does, that's when it's over for me. That's when I'm just like, oh, okay, it's a real rap rap. It's a real rap. Because right now it feels like a lot of first world countries are willing to let America be ignorant. And then they'll be, you know, they'll just, you know, do what they can in their corner of the world type of thing um, with that presence um, ever looming. But, uh, yeah, if they start thinking that they could be like America or they want to start, you know, really uh, getting into that we can be warmongers too mindset. Once everyone's thinking like that, it's we're bound for nuclear war. We're bound for nuclear war because we're already on the precipice of it with just Russia and America over here, you know, having a pissing battle. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a, one of those things that uh, I definitely hope that Mark Cuban's individual benevolence doesn't or individual uh, philanthropic investments, because it's an investment because he will get money back from it. But it is philanthropic in that I do think that the life's the 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 amount of life saving medication that will be dispersed will outweigh what money he makes off of it. Um, that is a huge huge service to some people because I mean there's things like you know and and he said that he's about to add a thousand new prescriptions to to their database. So if there's insulin involved in that, if there's you know some really big popular medicines that that have to go out to like american people you know yeah man you know th those aren't like the 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 mind uh the like uh mood altering drugs that our pharmaceutical industry right now is primed to start pumping out again you know what i mean he's not i, I don't see very many of those um on the schedule for for the drugs that he's giving so or that he's offering on the website. So it, it really does feel like I got to give it to him, man. That's a really, really big thing because I mean, there's people all over who have very basic ailments. And let me tell you, this is going to disproportionately help elderly black people because they have the hardest time getting their prescriptions filled at a reasonable rate, you know? And so I got to appreciate something like that, you know? But yeah. Not to not to overly laud Mark Cuban, but I gotta give uh, flowers out when they're due, and uh, he definitely pulled a good one with that. But let's not uh, let's not uh, over um, extend or project onto the the general capitalist class um, the kind of good that can come from moves like that. But yeah, moving on from that, you got uh, this one. Gosh, this Uvalde story is just gets nastier and nastier. Every single time you hear something come, in, come out in the news about it. And it, it came out recently in a story that the Uvalde police have hired a, uh, a private attorney to, to uh, fight the release of the autopsies and the, investigative, um, the investigation reports that were compiled on their behavior in Uvalde. Um, and, and I'm sorry, in Robb Elementary. Now, why they would be fighting to stop the release of those autopsy reports only tells me that they killed some of those kids and they're trying to cover that shit up. And that's fucking sickening to me that our government 
would allow this police department to even play this game. The fact that they aren't shutting this shit down, fucking lock, stock, and barrel, just shows how feckless they are. Just shows how ridiculously inept that that any kind of police reform that comes off the lips of a politician that's currently in, in, in office is. They have no fucking ability or or desire or or even... They don't even have brain cells that are capable of of wanting reform on these police. There's there's no reforming this. There is absolutely no reforming a a a organization that will protect men who shot children and who were in their charge to protect. And a system that 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 allows these men to persist and doesn't and doesn't levy its entire weight to get this corruption dealt with hey listen like we said before if it's for you it's for you that shit ain't for me not for me i can't i can't support that shit i can't support that shit it's it's utterly absurd to me that there is even an avenue for them to 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 hire private private firms to attempt to block this investigation. How many of those kids did they shoot? That shit's absurd, man. And and when that shit comes out, I can't I I'm dying to see what happens because you know, it just shows the length and the the depth of the mental gymnastics that the average American will 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 partake in to try and uh justify the presence of this Gestapo force. And the worst part is, they these people don't protect them. They are in just as much. These this wasn't a bunch of, of of you know this wasn't a school full of young black kids. This was a you know Hispanic kids shot by a Hispanic shooter and Hispanic cops. We have to understand that this is this is an issue with the police. Like this organization fundamentally is incapable of providing. The type of protection that they have promised for so long. Moreover, we really have to start taking seriously the fact that they have failed at every major endeavor. There's never been a successful police shutting down of anything. When has the police ever shut down crack production? When has the police ever shut down coke trafficking? When has the police ever shut down meth labs? They they do little individual shit here and there, and then they claim like they're winning this fucking war or something. When last time I saw pictures of the fucking uh, 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 San Francisco PD posting their their big B and E bust, it was a bunch of fucking house products that people were 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 lifting and selling at, for cheaper prices to people who couldn't afford to pay the retail price. You know what I mean? Like th- these aren't the the menaces, you know, that 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 are the scourge of this country. The police ain't doing shit really. They're picking low-hanging fruit and using that as as fucking uh a uh, uh, proof of of the great job they're doing. And it's like but y'all haven't actually stopped anything. All you do is pick up pieces after the fact. You know? And and I'm hoping that the 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 majority of america that that 
manages to 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 skirt police interactions and manages to not have to to deal with the police on a uh, on a regular basis who who are unaware of the general malfeasance that will come from a police officer at the drop of a dime i hope that these things the same way that media disproportionately represents stereotypes i hope that it disproportionately represents the facts you know what i mean like let's i hope that people are starting to consume these facts in the same strength that they do the the disproportionate uh representation of stereotypes in the media because these not not in, i know i'm listening to myself now saying i'm like facts niggas don't want facts don't know why let facts uh, affect how they think but at some point when it's something that's as as eminently dangerous as as you know men with guns in 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 the streets i'm hoping that people will will start to take it a little bit more seriously especially because this is something that we can eminently change you know this is not something that that it's impossible to change and it's one of the few things that the the majority do have a uh 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 an ability to to affect things on the policy level because the police are technic they're they have they're they're like a federally adjacent uh institution you know they are still a, a private institution and so they are still uh regulated by laws that are voted on outside of their internal structure so it's not like the military or a lot of other things that it doesn't really matter what we vote on because those rules are are voted on by a uh, 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 representative democracy that we don't have any real sway over cities and municipalities do have a lot of say over how the police operate within their borders and uh yeah yeah you know that's something that if we want to see change in that we def that's something we got to get involved in the uh the local level on you know you definitely like and, and then this is the worst part is is that the democrats and republicans are terrible on this because while the republicans are willing to to you know keep police um in this reverent state where they can commit murder without any recompense or anything of that nature the democrats would do away with those things but at the same time bolster the ranks of the police so it's like they they will remove a little bit of the political sway only to add more to their numbers and it's like you know neither of those are generally uh acceptable outcomes for policing is that the only other option we have outside of um outside of uh you know uh allowing the police to do whatever they want is to just slightly put some rules on them but empower them to be more present that those aren't generally different options or not they're not substantially different to where people are going to feel like they're getting you know a political choice out of this and and, and that's sad because we are in this shitty bipartisan system and there's no way for us to really get a lot of um a lot of uh options in this system and it's, it's one of the, the biggest problems with the american political system is that it, it it completely has been brainwashed into thinking that this this bipolar uh uh state of, of politics represents all of the possible governance um methods that 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 can be within our own constitutional limits and it's just not true even within our own constitutional limits our governance could be organized much better 
you know? And the Constitution, the reason why they called it a living, breathing document is because the founders did intend for it to change. They never intended for it to change in favor of the minorities. I'm, I'm sure of that. But they did intend for it to change. And unfortunately, as more and more white people get forced into the lower middle class and, and poverty— they're getting they're getting hit by the same shit as, as minorities, so they're going to be compelled to to want change alongside them. And so, you know, capitalism makes its own enemies. You know, by extracting the wealth from the economy and giving it to a, a minute few people, you create people in the lower echelon of society that are going to end up being what they would call class traders. You know, they're gonna choose to maybe advocate for minorities because they see that the oppression of the minorities is only steps away from themselves or they are currently going through it. You know what I mean? The same kind of economic deprivation happens to poor white people and poor black people. You know, they just have more opportunities to get out of it. That doesn't mean that they are going to get out of it. And that doesn't mean that they don't deserve help. You know what I mean? You know, just because you're poor and white and you have opportunities doesn't mean that you don't deserve help. And I and I don't mean to I hope I never give that impression when I say that, you know, poor white people still have more opportunities than poor minorities of any ethnicity. It's not meant to to, to disparage them and say that they they are never in need of help. It's just to bring some context to the situation, you know, that there's still a, a level of disparity that that is there that shouldn't be disregarded but yeah you know ultimately this country's got to get its police situation under control man and this this um uvalde police department is really blowing the lid off of how bad it really is how deep the corruption is um how little regard they actually have for the public like people really need to internalize how much the police don't see themselves as one of you quote unquote which it's a it's a shame that they could that they could try to others otherize us and themselves in such a way as they feel like they're a whole nother subsection of society because ultimately when it comes down to it they get thrown on the chopping block too police police are not ultra rich and they don't seem to understand that that's really the game. The really the game is the ultra rich versus everyone else. And the fact that they've so successfully uh, chopped up the the remaining people in, in, uh, in our society into thinking that we have no cultural class solidarity, it, it just sucks. It just sucks. You know, the propaganda in this country has become so deeply seated in the psyche and education of 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 the majority of Americans, most of them don't even they don't even believe it when you tell them that there's a better way. They just don't believe it. They, there's no amount of statistics and numbers and facts that you can give them. As we said before, niggas don't want facts um, that would prove to them that they don't have to go through the exploitation to get to the good outcomes that they're looking for. It'll just never. It'll, it'll, it'll never dawn on them to be possible. And that's, that's a shame because it's that lack of um, imagination that once again separates the, uh, it separates us, you know, because it's, it's really the ultra rich versus everyone else, man. But I don't know, maybe one day, one day we'll come around to, to uh, becoming more like-minded as a society like that. But 
Uh, I'm pretty sure that they'll keep the noise engine going to keep us stymied from that goal for as long as possible. But yeah, that's about it. Not too much was else else was going on. So I'll let you guys go. Uh, enjoy. Hopefully uh, you're getting your day off for Juneteenth and so forth. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe to us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You could also find us on the social medias at Karee underscore T and at home Heron. You could also find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.